Welcome back to Generation Free Podcast. We are in the third part of uh, this podcast. This is the slavery. We're just going to call it a series now. And we promise <laughs> we're going to wrap this up this one uh, this time. We're just going to wrap it up. So in part two, we were talking to Fries and she was talking about how her husband did mm. not like the fact that her and her, she didn't have a relationship with her father and she just didn't want one. So you take us from there, Roz. Yeah. So I had come to this point where it was like a resolve. Like it is what it is. Like I don't, I don't hate him at this point. I just don't really need him. Uh, he's not a father in the sense of like how people see their fathers. Um, if I need something, I call him. And he was never the first call. So that it was always like the last call, like the la- like last, like last resort. <laughs> so, um, which at one point he actually told me to do, like, make me your last resort. And that was like, wow, as a father, make me your last resort. He said more than once, too. And, um, and, and it was just like, that doesn't make sense. Like, and then if I'm coming to you, you, you already are my last resort because he was very, he would say he would do something and then he wouldn't do it, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was money and he couldn't come through on it. And and then there were some things he did, like he did throw me a sweet 16 party. So we're not going to act like, you know, nothing. Didn't do nothing. Yeah. But that's coming to the freedom part. So basically Matt started praying y'all. And my daddy called me one day and was like, out, the blue? out the blue in college. Do you You're want, right. you know, do you want to, I just wanted to call you and say, you know, if there's anything that you want to talk about from the divorce, any questions you have, anything you want to know, I'll, we can talk about it. I'll answer any question. But y'all was like, I'm good. Like, I'm at that point. I was like, I'm good. Like, I didn't, there was nothing that I wanted to know at that point. I just thought, I honestly was like, I'm good. And I felt like, well, Matt's been praying. The Lord is working on my heart. I do feel some forgiveness towards him. Like, I don't hate him, you know? Um, And so, you know, I was like, I'm good. But the relationship never took off it was still seeing him you know every now and then and he moved to ohio um because he was getting married and he ended up getting married the year after i got married and moving to ohio just put even more you know space in between us more time and so i saw him less and less and less. now i'm becoming an adult mm-hmm. and i'm going through life and to be honest guys you know i was just like yeah you know off and on like it's cool it's not cool whatever and my uncle passed away in 2017 because that's who passed away in 2017 my uncle passed away in 2017 and it started bringing up some some things in in me you know death has a way of surfacing like a lot of old things so um and a lot of news. Woo, the stuff yeah. that you find out when somebody passes away. All the truth come out. So it's like, well, they did now. <laughs> um, so when that happened, I actually wanted to start, I started going to therapy. Me and one of my brothers, we were gonna do we wanted to do sibling therapy because we all went through the divorce, but my sister lived in California at this point. She had moved already, she still lives there. My other brother lived close to Grand Rapids, he still lives there. So it was just me and one of my brothers. And so we started going to like like a family therapy type of situation and um you know we started talking and stuff started coming up because we were talking about the divorce so 
you know, I wanted to do these things for my dad and I wanted my dad to come to therapy and he just would not come to therapy. He's like, we can figure out ourselves. And I was just like, okay, whatever. So I did go to Ohio to see him and uh, this one Christmas and I decided to talk to him, started asking questions. And, you know, questions like, where did he go? Mm-hmm. When so six weeks? prepared for the six weeks. Yeah, yeah. okay. He said, well, I went to a friend's house and I stayed with him. He said it was really hard for me he said, when I left, he said, I couldn't come back and have you guys like pulling at me and, you know, whatever. And, you know, I heard him, but I also mm-hmm. thought that it was a little bit removed because we were a lot older. So like, if you think about it, like 16, 14, 13 and 12, you aren't really going to be pulling at you. It, it shows that you were kind of detached because we saw what was going on mm-hmm. and we, we, although we didn't know what divorce really meant for what we thought we knew what it meant, at least mm-hmm. me, we were okay with this situation. You know what I'm saying? Like we knew this had to happen. So we weren't going to be like, don't leave us, you know, no, no, absolutely don't just abandon us. But we knew that this was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where he went. He said he just mentally, what he had to get himself together. And, and so that's where he stayed. And then we started talking about some other things, y'all, that I shall go, well, they not in my grave, but y'all ain't gonna ever hear about them. <laughs> Some stuff will be remain private because it's just personal mm-hmm. stuff, right? It's not my personal. Yeah. So I can't share with the world something that's not my yours to share. Yeah. I'm telling my sides of the story, my parts of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, he we talked about this divorce and I, you know, I plainly told him, I think in one conversation, we have been having a couple of conversations and I told him like, you know, you could have called me, you could have came to see us more. And he was saying, oh, there was a custody that I said, but you could have called me every day. You could have mm-hmm. picked me up from school. Like there were opportunities for you to connect. And he said he could have, you know, looking back on it. And so from that point, you know, I thought things were getting better. And, you know, they were like, fine. Then I started going to like real therapy. Y'all. I mean, yeah. like therapy, therapy, therapy. <laughs> And it was in these last two years that I really started actually getting to the root of some of this stuff, some of these abandonment issues, some of this rejection. And honestly, there was something that happened in my life this in like this past two years that really started to stir up like these issues that I had had with my dad that I had never really got to the root and resolve. I was kind of just like, oh, I'm good. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's something like we think that as long as we kind of like, you know, just forgive and just move on, that that's going to be it. Sometimes we have to actually deal with those emotions. Like we have to deal with that pain. We have to actually name that pain. We have to go and process what this actually means. Like, what is this that I feel? Where is it Mm -hmm. coming from? Sometimes we are able to just say, I forgive them. I was able to move on. That wasn't the case. I never dealt with the pain. I just kept covering it with like, okay, we'll just move on. And um, I couldn't cover it up anymore. And it was actually last Father's, this past Father's Day in 2022 that I woke up and I was excited about my husband and I got to church. And really, I wasn't excited. I was just so, I was not excited because I didn't have the relationship with my father and I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted with him at this point. I'm 30. I was 37. What do you want? Like, we've missed that time 
you know, that daddy-daughter bonding thing. Mm -hmm. I don't rely on you for advice. I don't rely on you for money. I don't rely on you for really anything, you know. In essence, I made you my least resort, not just my yeah, last resort. Least resort. Yes. So here's a question. I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, you're good. Um, because um, you just said something that brought something to my mind. You said Father's Day, you know. Mm-hmm. Is it was is Father's Day has it always been dreadful for you? Is mm-hmm. it a dreadful day? Or like triggering? Yes. Oh, it was. Or was it just okay? It was. It was like growing up. We we would like before I was like eighteen. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, before like everybody just left. Once everybody left, I got to just do whatever I want. My mom didn't send me over by myself. Um, you know, we would do Father's Day, and it was just that, you know, go do this, whatever. And as mm-hmm. I got older, you know, I'll just call them or send them a card, nothing. But it's because I wasn't really dealing. I hadn't really dug up anything, right? Got so it. I was in therapy, and I started digging these things. There was even previous Father's Day where I sent some nice gifts and just. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just kind of like covering up the pain, like with just like, I'm good, like mm-hmm. whatever. And so when I really start to get to the root of a lot of these issues in my childhood and, and we started looking at like how basically this was something that didn't start at the divorce, right? This started yeah. prior to the divorce. Mm-hmm. It started in my childhood. And some of these things were just a part of his personality or a part of his upbringing. My dad's mom died when he was like eight years old. He was raised by his grandmother and his grandfather um, because um, that's a whole nother long story. He wasn't with his father. He was and they moved. It was a lot. And so he didn't really have his father around like that growing up as well. And so that was one of the things that he said, like, I didn't have, I wasn't raised by my parents. You know, I thought I was doing the best I could. And so when that came out this year, guys, I was broken. On so I was, I tried so hard not to ruin Father's Day for Matt. I mean, last year, sorry, this is 2023, but 2022, that Father's Day, I tried so hard not to ruin the day for Matt because my husband is a fantastic father, super present. Yes, he is. Even when we yes, lived with is. my parents growing up, my mom did everything really. My dad worked. So we weren't like, we weren't unclosed, but we weren't like, I was close to my mom and my dad was like, that's my dad. You know, I know he protected me to the dad, but I was close to my mom. So when we finally got to this year, guys, I had to deal with that pain. I had to deal with the rejection. It was actually another trial that highlighted how much rejection issues, abandonment issues, identity. I had identity issues, guys. I didn't know who I was. Fathers Mm -hmm. are so important to their children's lives. They give you your identity. They tell you who you are. Mothers are nurturers. They care for you. They love on you. But fathers teach you. You know, they teach you. They teach you how to live life. They teach you who you are, who you belong to. And so even though I've been in church my whole life, you are the Lord. I could never really understand the love of God for me because I felt like my father didn't love me like that. My father, my own biological father did not wow. care for me he he didn't care for me so I was like when people would be like God is like he's a good father and I would always be like but fathers aren't good what do you mean like my father wasn't good to me in my opinion because you equated God with your father yep uh, that's kind of how it is though right like as kids, as kids your first mm-hmm. kind of like comparison to God's authority his yep. love 
you know, his, even his chastisement, it's, it's comparable to your parents, right? Like yeah. your parents love you and then they chastise you, but they still love you. And, and we learn how God loves us initially kind of through our parents, you yeah. know? And some people, unfortunately, don't, you know, because they don't have that, they don't have their parents or, you know, you know, but that's how I've always equated it. And so it was really hard for me to understand that God could unconditionally love me and be there and actually come through for me because my dad didn't come through for me. Um, That, that, you know, that he, that I have, that I was his and belonged to him or whatever, you know, I didn't feel like I belonged and I had, you know, I had this huge family, but I felt I felt abandoned by my father. I felt, I don't know if I'll say I felt unworthy, but it's definitely a lot of rejection and no identity. Who am I? You know, yeah. who am I? And so, and that showed up and I leaked throughout my entire life. I was leaking. And the funny thing is, you know, you had somebody who came in and who mothered you. I never mm-hmm. had anybody step in and father you. And that was something that I, you know, I discussed in my therapy. No one ever stepped in. There were people who kind of, you know, they did little things here. They, oh, you're like a daughter to me. But I never had a, a like, I'm going to say a replacement. And they probably because they're like, well, your father's alive. People assumed that there was something between us. Mm -hmm. So it was this year I decided to deal with that pain. I wanted to be free. I still didn't know what I want, but. I went to church. I went on a fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I went on a fast. I got on a fast because I said, Lord, I need answers. Mm-hmm. I need some answers, Jesus. And um, it was a service in June. And I think it might have been the service after Father's Day mm-hmm. that I went. And that service just, it was, that service was for me, like from beginning to end. And the Lord started dealing with me and I decided, I remember being in church on Father's Day at the altar, pouring out, just crying, more like grieving, you know, like this, it's like a loss that you, that's a lot, loss that's constant, um, reminding you that you don't have something. And so I was sitting, I was at the altar and I felt in my spirit, write a letter to your father um, to tell him like these things. And, and um, it took months. And I thought I was like procrastinating and sitting on it. But in that time, the other trial that I was going through was also working some things out. Mm-hmm. By working through that trial, I was, I was working through all these trials. I were working through that trial. <laughs> it began to reveal other things that I needed to express and to share with my letter. Mm-hmm. The letter. And so I ended up writing my dad a really long letter. Um, and I, I, I typed it up and um, I read it to my therapist and she's like, this is great. Send it, you know, great as like you've expressed yourself very well. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, as, as although like me and my father, you know, weren't close, aren't still like as close. We're working on that. Um, I still never wanted to embarrass or hurt my father. I never had like those like, I want you to feel like punished. Like oh, even though, good. Uh, yeah. You know, I've been punished in my life. <laughs> like I don't want people to feel, I don't like people to be embarrassed. I used to get embarrassed as a kid. And that was like the worst thing. Like when you get yeah. embarrassed, that feeling, that shame, I just never, mm-hmm. wanted, I never wanted my dad to, I didn't want to hurt him. There wasn't yeah. my goal was to hurt him for me. And plus I was in a different place than you were. Think about it. Like yeah. when I wrote that letter when I was 14, oh, mm-hmm. okay. 
oh, it would have been a lot. But at this age, I've grown a lot. I've been through a lot of experiences and I didn't want to hurt my dad. I wanted to express myself and I wanted him to receive me. And I wanted to see where we can go from there. And so we wrote a few letters. Um, I won't say what was in the letters. Clearly, I'm not going there. But we wrote some letters and we're working on it. You know, it's, it's That's good. we're working on it. We're, I'm still working. This is what we talk about. We're, we haven't arrived guys. Like we're still working through this journey Work in progress. And this past year has been a year of growth, tremendous growth. So I had to learn before even my dad and I started working this thing out again, I started learning my identity in Christ guys. Like God That's was right. learning, was teaching me who I was in him Mm -hmm. outside of my parents my parents were just placeholders right like our parents are not wouldn't it be like obey your parents like you can only obey your parents as a child like after you become an adult you honor them right but mm -hmm. that old that obeying part is over after you become accountable as an adult and you have your own family you can definitely honor them that's right but, you know but and you want to honor your parents and I think that was another thing like I didn't want to displease God in this process with my father I've always had a heart. Well, I was raised, we was raised kind of the same, but I always thought I was going to go to hell and be punished anyway. You exempt yourself from hell. So I, I did. I you, did. Were able to do it. <laughs> you exempted yourself from hell, but I can exempt myself from hell because that's what I was I taught. Did. And so um, that was another thing that kind of helped me, kept me from like going all the way in. Um oh. Yeah. And so we're working on that. I'm still working on that journey to freedom, but I don't have that. I don't have that pain. I don't have that abandonment. I don't have that rejection anymore. And mm -hmm. I know the enemy, he, you know, he's going to try to come with something. That's just of course he wants to test it because it is fairly new. Um, but no, nope, I keep reminding him that I'm free, that my, mm -hmm. my identity is in Christ. Y'all know who I am in Christ. It took 37 years, but y'all <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm a ride. Oh, oh my God, we got a podcast, and I know that this. I know that I'm called to be here. I know that mm -hmm. I am called to tell my story. I know that I am called to share and to help people to become free. Like all of that stuff that we went through, that Keisha went through, that I've gone through, was not just so we can have a so we can just you know tell stories to ourselves, trauma, and keep it to yeah. ourselves. Mm -hmm. No, like these things come because someone else needs to be free and, and God brought us through it. And he's continuing to bring us through stuff. He's giving a determination. I mean, Keisha are a lot alike and he's given mm -hmm. us a determination to see our, our family, even through these things. I, I believe my family has been, our family has been reaching out to us. My sister, our aunt, like they're so excited about this because they know that this mm -hmm. is going to bring freedom to our family. And that's what we want. That is months. First and foremost, we don't want to just be out here and all y'all getting free, but the people if we, yeah, <laughs> oh, this might seem like a lot. It might even get a little sketchy. And when I mean sketchy, I mean like uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You should be saying that. And we're going to do our best not to offend, you know, our family. We're going to do our best not to tell stuff. Some stuff y'all just not going to ever find out because some stuff is family stuff. Yeah, that's so, so true. But we, like I said before, in our process of our life, there was some injury. We don't, I don't blame my, I don't, I'm not blaming my father. Mm -hmm. He had hurts. He felt like he was doing the best that he could with the cards that he was dealt. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, I felt injured in that process. But mm -hmm. I don't hold that over my father. 
I don't hold that. And now I have the opportunity to change that. I can go to him and say, this is what this was. And guess what? Y'all will say this. When I wrote my father that letter, my dad did not make any excuses. I'm going to say that. My dad just took it. He took it. And that was beautiful for me because it allowed me to, like, that's a healing for somebody yeah. just to take accountability fully. After that, you ain't got nothing else really to say. You just like, hey, so what's your favorite color? You like my color? <laughs> it's blue. Like, what's your favorite thing? Like, you're at this point now, you're just trying to get to know each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because that's so true. All of that stuff, because I was a kid. So I'm, I can't be held accountable for you not taking care of me or me feeling abandoned as a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. But as an adult, what am I going to do right. about it? And that's what I decided to do. And when he took accountability, now I have to let that go. That's I can't right. Hold this over his head. He already, and even if he didn't take accountability, I have I was to let it go. Mm -hmm. Can't hold this over his head. I yeah. am an adult. I have to take responsibility and I have to allow the Lord to heal me. That doesn't even mean that because you let something go or you get healed, that these relationships are going to automatically come back together and you're going to be great. It just mm -hmm. means that you get to move on without bitterness and hurt and unforgiveness and anger in your heart. You may That's never right. have a close relationship with the person that you forgive. You may mm -hmm. never, you know, go back to the way it was. But the point is that you don't have any anger, no bitterness, no unforgiveness in your heart, that you're free from that bondage and mm -hmm. that you can move on. And the Lord will show you how to have a relationship. And, and I'm going to turn this over to Keisha in that stance, in that place, like to go from there. Yes, thank you. Um, and I was thinking when you were just talking about, you know, you said that just because you forgive them doesn't always mean, you know, that the relationship is mended. And I was going to bring that up, um, that forgiveness does not always mean reconciliation. Yeah. Um, you can let things go and go on with your life mm -hmm. and still not be reconciled. Because even when I think about the relationship with me and my biological mother like I've let these things go but to say that we have a mother-daughter relationship I, I can't say that yeah. um do I love her yes and do I wish her the best yes I do and um you know I, I want to see her whole I want to see her healthy I want to see her say I want these things for her but to sit here <laughs> and say you know everything's hunky-dory and we have this great relationship that wouldn't be honest um so I do want you guys to know that forgiveness because that's what a lot of times when people think forgiveness they're thinking but it's not the same it's not that doesn't mean that things are always going to be the same God can call you to something different but all he wants you to do is love them and wish the best for that person move on with your life don't hold them accountable for what they did in their past. You have to learn to let that go. Like you can't hold on to the bitterness, the hurt that you felt in the past, because that is the things that hold us as slaves. Yeah. God has freed us from those things. Mm -hmm. But when we hold on to them and we covet those things, we're not free to experience the love and the, the things that he has for us in our future when we hold on to that. Um, forgiveness and that bitterness so we have to let those things go so that we can move on yeah. with what it is that he has planned for us and then when you're free from those things you don't know how your freedom can impact the next person yeah. 
or how it can impact your children and your children's children and the generational curses that you're breaking by freeing yourself. Yeah. So, and, and that's the things that we have to learn how to do, which is hard because there's so much comfort in our bitterness. There's so much comfort in that rejection. Like it was comfortable for me <laughs> after a while playing the game with myself. Yeah, you know, that was comfortable for a long time too, right? Yes, it was. It was a daily yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So I found comfort in it, but letting that go and telling myself, you know, no, she wasn't there, but that's okay. Hmm. And that's in the past. Yeah, and you know, not holding it over my head and not holding it over her head. You know, those are things that you have to let go. And then sometimes when you let it go, it frees that other person to also. Excellent. let it go because sometimes they hold it because they know you're holding it wow yeah and they're and when they in bondage over what they did mm -hmm. you haven't forgiven them and mm -hmm. they know you haven't forgiven them so now yeah. they're like bound by your unforgiveness they're already yeah. they're already like i would say i already know your mother she she wasn't proud of herself you know mm -hmm. she wasn't proud that that was the way things happened she felt yeah. like how terrible mm -hmm. so to to know that you forgive her also frees her in the sense to say like if she forgives me that I can forgive me mm -hmm. yeah. wow. and I mean and the thing is like we're already God has forgiven us for our sins so who am I Ooh. to hold something over your head that God has already forgiven you for wow. and I am putting myself above God Woo. and who wants to do that Eek. Mm -hmm. Come on now. <laughs> God has forgiven them and you're still holding on to it. Yeah. Yeah. That is mm -hmm. so good. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just crazy because you when you said about like not reconciling and things like that. I think I hear a lot of times that people and I used to think this way too, that forgiving them meant that it was okay what they did. Like forgiving them meant that it was a past. Like yeah. I forgive you and what you did was okay. And my therapist was like, no, it just means that you're not going to hold it. You're not going to hold it over their head anymore. Or and you're not going to hold a revenge. Like, yeah, you need to get something back. And I think that's why a lot of people don't forgive. Because I, I thought that too. Like, no, because if I let this go, then you think that, you know, we're good. Yeah, or that everything was okay. Yeah, like everything you did in like, the past was yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Free people, and I, I, I have a blog, and I wrote this in the blog uh, one time. Free people, free people. Yeah. So when you're free, you can free others. Yeah. But when you're enslaved, then, I mean, you're taking other people along for you on the ride. And you don't want to do that. No. But misery yeah. loves company, right? Like who wants to be in, in slavery and mm -hmm. in and in isolation. We know that um through studies that they show that like when, when you put prisoners in isolation for too long, that they literally they lose their minds, guys. Mm -hmm. We are not meant to be isolated. And it was it's the same thing, right? When you're going through stuff or when you're dealing with unforgiveness. Um, you don't want to be isolated in that stuff. So you're going to bring people along with you. You're going to be the victim. I, um, 
I learned something at my church called the victim triangle. And so basically uh -huh. in this victim triangle, there's uh -huh. the victim, um, uh -huh. there's the villain, and then there is the, uh, the uh, like someone who has an alliance, right? And so let's yeah. say me, you, and someone else are in this mm -hmm. triangle and say, you stepped on my toes. And this is the second time you stepped on my toes on two Sundays in a row, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're doing it on purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's called an ally. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Holy Ghost. Thank you. <laughs> uh, ally. So I go and I get an ally and say, she has stepped on my toes two Sundays in a row. She is doing this on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And so then the ally is like, yeah, she must be doing this on purpose. And now you're 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 the villain i'm mm -hmm. the victim and then here's the ally and then eventually what i do is i do something back at you so now mm -hmm. you become you become the victim the, i'm the villain. you're the villain right and then depending maybe the ally goes and does something to you the ally mm -hmm. now becomes the villain you become mm -hmm. the I'm the ally, and you just <laughs> going around in this the triangle. triangle. So, I mean, this drama triangle, yeah, and, or a drama circle, whatever. However, you just passing it around, passing the ball yeah. around, your turn. And I was realizing that, man, I have been in too many drama circles, guys. It was within my own life. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, friends, I wasn't creating drama, but just like, oh, I'm the victim now. Oh, now I'm the yeah. villain you now. And I was a victim for such a long time. Yeah. We all have been. Forgive this thing is is huge, but like you said, free people, free people, and that's what we're here. Mm -hmm. Like that's the right. Whole point is as we're getting free, we gonna bring y'all along with us. We want you to be yeah. free, free from yeah. the bondage of today. We talked about slavery bondage, and there's a lot of bondages. You know, unforgiveness yeah. be like one of our number, the number one theme kind of running through out this. Um, this slavery, abandonment, rejection, unforgiveness, mm -hmm. um, these things come to take away um, our joy. They come to distract us from the good things in our life, the things and that- From our purpose. From our purpose, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But God is good and he allows all things to work together for the good that loves him. And the thing I just love so much about God is that he even knew our mistakes, he knew my, I learned this guys, cause I thought about this. Like I was reading, um, I was about Abraham and I was reading how I would say God told him he would make him the father of many nations. And I'm like, yeah, hold on though. Now Abraham done stepped out and made the Ishmaelites without, yes, you know, that was not what God asked him to do. You know, he was only supposed to, well, not only, but he was supposed to, his first was supposed to be the promise. Right. And through mm -hmm. this promise, you know, that's how we take it. Right. Yeah. But I looked at it and I stepped back and I said, look at God. He already knew before yeah, he sure did. Abraham that he would be the father of many nations, that he would be the father of many nations. He knew he was going to step out he did. with Hagar mm -hmm. and, and have a, a nation that was completely against his own nation. And when that showed me that God is not only mindful of the things that happens to us in our life and, and works those things off our good. He also works out our good for our own mistakes. He sees our yes, mistakes, the things that happen to us. And guess what? It doesn't change the plan, guys. It, yeah. it's, it's a part of the plan. So what he's done is he's used the things that me and Keisha have gone through 
and the rejection, the abandonment, um, even the unforgiveness that that was ours, right? Yeah, that was. was us. That was our that choice. was our slavery. That, that was mm -hmm. our slavery that we put ourselves in. The rejection mm -hmm. and abandonment happened to us, but the 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 unforgiveness we that had to take that. Yep. Mm -hmm. And God saw that and he didn't change the plan on us, guys. He yeah, still he, sure he still died for us. And 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 that's the thing, guys. God loves you. Like he yes, absolutely he loves you. We had to, I had to learn this. I had to personally learn that God loves me. And you, well, how does God love me? And you can say, Well, he gave his son. But think about this. He gave his only begotten son, right? Jesus came and died. Wow. You are yet sinning. Say, mm -hmm. well, I'll die if yep. you follow me. Mm -hmm. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. Mm -hmm. Died while we were yet sinners. We hadn't submitted to him. I mean, some of us weren't born, but you know, even even being born before we were born. Born in sin. Born in sin, shape iniquity. And then and then besides that, just being sinners. Like I know I did something. Yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> out here okay you may not know you may not think it some of y'all thought what you thought what you thought but you didn't know what you knew and i know what i know and some of the other people know but god died for me to free right. me and mm -hmm. yes i don't like absolutely but guys he died so you could live abundant life here yep on earth mm -hmm. you know? when you go through a lot of trauma you be waiting for that other shoe to drop i know i know about it me and my best friend's husband, we talk about it all the time. You go through so much trauma, you like, you just waiting for, you wait. Yep, for, for more. Mm -hmm. that's, that's how your life was. I grew up, yeah. I, I had so much, I had so much bad, but then I can look back and this, I said, I'm not being that person to say, well, if this would have happened. Mm -hmm. I was in the service and my pastor said, there's two types of people in the world. People who say, if this had to happen or if this had to happen, then I wouldn't be here. And then there are the other people that say, look at what the Lord has brought me from. Like, yes. yeah, oh, Lord Jesus, I'm number one and I can't be number one no more. That's right. I became number two and I confess that thing and I believe that thing and I live that thing. Mm -hmm. Keisha, that do you have anything good. else to add before we wrap up tonight? I don't. I think this has been great. Yeah. And once again, we are running out of time. So I think we're just going to wrap up this slavery series um we do hope that you have learned something that you have gained a new sense of freedom um a new sense of independence in the lord um that you have taken something from this and that um yes just that you have taken something from this and that god is working on your behalf through this podcast absolutely we yeah. hope as I said in the other uh, ending, that another strip of yes. free clothes is coming off of you. There you go. You want that freedom to to start manifesting in your life from the Lord. Now, we only believe in manifestation from the Lord, guys. We don't believe in self-manifesting stuff. Yeah. Now, we do believe that if you want something to happen in your life, you do must, you have to work. You have to put that without work, work together. Yeah. So right. we're not saying that this is a mystical thing and God just does things without us. What we're saying is that that our power to do anything that we do in this earth comes from God. And so anything that we get, God gets the glory. Um, not us. We didn't do it through ourselves. God right. 
the strength and the power to do those things. So our hope is that another strip of grave clothes is grave clothes is coming off. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully if maybe this was your last strip, that this last strip is removed and that today has brought you total freedom. Um, yes. and so as always, you want to tell them what they should do with this podcast? Yes, you should like, you should comment, and you should subscribe, and you should share it with yeah. your friends yeah. and with your enemies. And your enemies. Yes, share it. Share it, because they need to be free, too. That's right. Well, we love you guys. We thank yes. you for the end to this series that we did not, we anticipated, but we didn't know it was going to be three-part, but we, we hope that you're still here <laughs> listening. Um, to our full stories we will be bringing you more content very soon look out thank you for coming we will see you next time all right guys have a good night bye